Today on the Locked On Hornets podcast, we're going to talk with J.J. Jackson, the host of Locked On Blue Devils, about one particular NBA draft prospect, but they have a lot over there in Durham. So we're going to try to get an evaluation on all of the different NBA draft prospects today from Duke. That's all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Walker Mayo alongside Doug Branson. Make sure you check this out and make us your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. That includes YouTube. Again, I want to reiterate this. If you go like us on Facebook and you do it a thousand times, then Doug is going to dress up like Grandmama. And we will see him embarrass himself with a bunch of different, whether it be a dress. What's the hat you keep referring to? Like the... What is it called? Number one, it's called a pillbox hat. Number two, I won't be embarrassing myself. I'm going to look fantastic. That's true. I'm sorry. You're right. You are going to look fantastic. I've said this a million times. No matter how hard we try to embarrass you, you embrace it to the point where it can't be. you. I think you are. You are, it is impossible to embarrass you. So we're going to try at least, but people will be entertained to see you dress up like Grandmama. We appreciate everybody joining us, um, and I appreciate J.J. Jackson for doing the same. Locked on Blue Devils host. Make sure you go check him out anywhere you get your podcast as well. He is a North Carolinian. He is 828 Rays. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscores. So make sure you get those underscores in there. J.J. Jackson host uh, hosting Locked on Blue Devils. And we're going to talk about Mark Williams and all these draft prospects. It was a fun year for Duke, getting to the Final Four, having a lot of talent on that team. How was it for you this season, JJ? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Coach K's final year before the season even starts, you know there's going to be ginormous expectations on that team, and somehow, some way, they were able to get it all the way to the Final Four. Unfortunately, the season came to a close there, and you never like losing to your rival on that big of a stage. But for those guys to have that type of pressure playing for a Hall of Fame head coach in his 42nd season to get it all the way to the last weekend of the NCAA tournament, that's everything you could have asked for as a Duke fan. Look, we'll have some time to reflect maybe a little bit in the second segment, too. I want to get to Paolo Boncaro. I want to get to um, A.J. Griffin, who are both expected to go in the top 10 of the NBA draft. We've been talking a lot about Mark Williams. He fits the need. J.J., I know you follow the Hornets as well. They've been wanting a center for a long time now. They've tried in the second round. They've even tried in the first round. It just hasn't happened yet. They just haven't had that guy that you can depend on every single night. So we've talked a lot about the seven-footer, a nine-foot-eight, nine-foot-nine standing reach, a behemoth of a center in Mark Williams. Where I want to start is how much he improved from last year to this year just finished so far ahead of where he started with his time at Duke. And you saw the light bulb come on like the last 10 games of last year. We all knew he was going to be a problem. I think he had a monster NCAA tournament run. Now, JJ, how, what did you think of the way that he was able to improve at this time under coach K? Yeah, it was remarkable. I mean, you mentioned last season, the end to the year that he had in the ACC tournament a year ago At the end of his freshman season, Mark Williams against Louisville had 23 points and 19 rebounds. Unfortunately for Duke, they weren't able to continue the ACC tournament run that year 
because of COVID-19 within the program. But that was his last game, 23 points and 19 rebounds. And I felt like he was really able to build off that going into this season and then able to team up with another big like Paulo Banquero, who gave him more space on the floor offensively and defensively all season long. Mark Williams improved his game, every aspect of it, uh, on the defensive end in particular, being named the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. He was an absolute elite rim protector, and I'm excited that he's all of a sudden created lottery-type buzz for his draft. Yeah, I mean, it could literally be going to the buzz in the Charlotte Hornets because he's he fits a need, and I, I feel like he has a skill set that is – immediately uh, it's going to immediately be able to transition you know have being that rim protector we'll talk about some of his problems maybe out there on the perimeter but I think you talk about the rim protection JJ I buy into it translating into the NBA because he put up a crazy block percentage you know he, he was an excellent defender in that regard in the NCAA tournament as well I, I can't get over that run um, what did you make of, of that ability and how you think it'll translate to the association yeah, I think you always need rim protectors. I think that's something that every NBA team is going to want to have, and Mark Williams did that at an absolute elite ability. As you said, his block rate, according to Kim Palm, was top 20 nationally, which you really just don't see at a school like Duke. Uh, and so for him to be there was outstanding. He had the fourth most blocks ever in a single season in the history of Duke men's basketball. The top three were all Sheldon Williams, that guy was pretty incredible his time in Durham. And then Mark comes one block shy of passing him for third most all time. So on the defensive end of the floor, I think he's going to translate very well. I really love the fit for the Hornets. I think they've got a quota always for Duke big men. I know the Vernon Carey Jr. days were limited, but uh, I think it'd be awesome to get another Dukey there in Charlotte. So, J.J., you've been covering Mark uh, very closely. Is there anything that you can tell Hornets fans uh, that may that may not follow college basketball, or maybe there's some Carolina fans that don't follow Duke too closely. I don't know, but uh, is there something you can tell us that we wouldn't know about Mark Williams unless we really were paying close attention uh, for those two seasons? Yeah, I, I think what really stands out to me is is the basketball family that Mark Williams comes from. His sister Elizabeth is one of the all time greatest Duke women's basketball players as well, and had a great. WNBA career herself. She actually claims to be the best basketball player in their family. And given how good Mark Williams was, I'm like, wow, that, that shows you how good of a player she was as well. And, and on the offensive end of the floor, I was just so impressed with what Mark was able to do. 96 dunks this season, led all of NCAA Division I basketball. That's pretty good. Uh, and he was the only player in the entire country that shot greater than 70% from both the floor and the free throw line. That's a good combination because so many times you wonder how a shot is going to translate for bigs going from the college game to the NBA level. And I think when asked, Mark Williams is going to be able to handle that mid-range area just fine. Yeah, and I think Mark Williams offensively, his efficiency is through the roof. I actually think he has some touch. So, JJ, I'm a huge fan of Mark Williams. I would be thrilled to see him be the 13th pick. I, I still would have Jalen Duran number one just because of his athleticism, because of his profile. But I don't think that there is – I don't think that Mark Williams is just some kind of consolation prize. I think he's somebody that can come in and really help. And that offensive ability – how about the Dirk Nowitzki baseline fadeaway against Michigan State? 
How about the time where he's able to go over his left shoulder? He absorbs contact. Even if he's a soft-spoken guy, I think he kind of does have a nasty streak. Like he'll dunk it on people and then yell in their face, which is something I love as well. Like I, I think offensively there is some untapped potential there. Do you think that there can be some some more growth on that end of the floor for Mark uh, Williams? No doubt at all. I think that's absolutely something that you're going to see. I love how ferocious he dunks the basketball because you're right. In a lot of ways, when you've got this long standing reach, when you're already seven plus feet tall, how impressive can a dunk actually be? He wants to rip the rim off every single time he gets the opportunity to do that. And you got to see that a lot in Durham this past season. Like I just said, he had over uh, 95 dunks. He had 96 on the year to lead the entire country. I saw a number the other day. Since 2007, only seven players in basketball have ever had greater than 95 dunks in a single season. And two of the other names on the list with him were Anthony Davis and Bam Adebayo. Go ahead, Doug. Yep. Take it those all some, in, Doug. Those are, are some spice. I will say, I love when a guy wants to rip the rim off, but uh, but if he does rip the rim off, it does, it makes it more difficult. It makes it more difficult on everyone to play the game. So, but I like that he has the desire. I just hope that he leaves the rim on uh, when he gets to the NBA, and that's my analysis. Yeah, no, it's true. Not only does it make it difficult, you might argue it's impossible to play if he does that. So hopefully he doesn't do that. All right, last Mark Williams question before we move on to some of these other prospects. The defending in space thing, right? I think the big knock on him is that, you know, they attacked him in pick and roll a ton. Sometimes he would get played off of the floor. You know, you talk about some of the team defensive statistics. Duke actually had some better measures when Mark Williams was off the floor than when he was on. Now, I I actually buy into smarts and a little bit better lateral athleticism than people think maybe when watching this big seven footer it didn't coach k i don't know if i think coach k talked about that a little bit as well like hey he actually does have that ability to move it, what does he need to work on the most i guess jj and then when we talk about pick and roll defense moving on the perimeter you know how much better can he get in that regard too I think everybody can get better in that area when you go from the college game to the NBA level as well. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that Mark's got to improve on going into next season. You mentioned sort of the pick and roll defense for Duke fans. Unfortunately, I mentioned the end of the year losing to your greatest rival in the North Carolina Tar Heels. We're going to have the vision of a screen and roll and Caleb Love hitting the three-pointer at the top of the key in the final four to really put the game away. And it was Mark Williams who got switched out to him on that possession. And uh, you can only do so much to extend your arm and try and block a shot and that sort of thing. So I, I think laterally moving and being able to be a better uh, pick-and-roll defender is absolutely going to be crucial for Mark Williams to uh, succeed at the next level. Yeah, I think he can do it, though. Like, I, I, I just – I I think the flashes are there enough. I would be a fan of Mark Williams. So let's move on. We have a couple of other prospects coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. JJ Jackson is going to be with us to talk about Paolo Boncaro, whether he should be the number one overall pick in this draft. How much do you buy into the production of AJ Griffin? And maybe even we sneak in a uh, Trevor Keels question in there. Lots of prospects to talk about with Duke. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless, seemingly intimidating questioning or uh, often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? 
questioning. You don't have to do that. Save time and money when using Rock Auto so you don't have to spend up to even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a new car dealership. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. They even have new carpet. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know that we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. More Duke Talk coming up next, Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So wait a minute. Do we value players that forget plays all of a sudden? I thought we were <laughs> we loved LeBron James because he remembered he could cite to you every single play from every game he's ever played in. Now all of a sudden, we like players who have no idea what happened on the previous play. I don't think you want him to play scared, right? It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. J.J. Jackson joining us here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. He hosts Locked on Blue Devils, where there is a lot to get to regarding not only the season that they had, where it was impressive, but also you're still talking about it because you have so many NBA draft prospects. We just got through with Mark Williams. We talked about him a lot because he fits the best with the Hornets. He's projected to go around where the Hornets are going to be selecting at 13, and if they don't take him there, then they could have a shot at taking him 15 if Mark Williams is still available. They're not going to have a shot at Paolo Boncaro. So let's start with him. There's a real possibility he could go number one. This is not a slam dunk of a number one overall pick type this year. Chet Holmgren might have been that guy, but Jamari Smith, uh, Jabari Smith, a elite shooting prospect. Paolo Boncaro, just powerful really good passer. You know, we've seen him have some excellent games at the Blue Devils. Do you think Paolo should be the number one overall pick? Absolutely, and I'm, I'm, that's going to be a bias viewpoint for me, but what he was able to do <laughs> on the biggest stage uh, for the Duke Blue Devils when he went head-to-head against Chet Holmgren. Duke and Gonzaga played a game the day after Thanksgiving in Las Vegas, and Paolo was by far and away the best player on the floor, really took the matchup with Chet Holmgren personal, uh, had 20-something points in the first half, started to cramp up a little bit and couldn't play as well in the second half. But his ability to put the ball on the floor, get to the rim and finish, and then a three-point shot that continued to improve throughout the season. I think you're truly making a home run selection if you were to pick Paulo. Do I think that will happen, though? I don't. I think there's a lot of buzz right now for Chet Holmgren. And you mentioned the shooting of Jabari Smith. Paulo's not that type of shooter, and there's nothing you can do about it. But in terms of versatility, I think of the three, Paulo definitely has the most to offer. What are some of the things he, you know, we talk about the shooting. How much could that be there to the point where it might even be just an average shot in the NBA or maybe even a strength as he continues to improve? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is that right now you walk into the league for Paulo, that shot is going to be average at best. And so that's something that's going to take a lot of time in the gym to improve and to work on. But again, the ability to put the ball on the floor, we talk about, uh, some of the stars of the league, their ability to be so versatile, both scoring at the rim and then also uh, further out. That's something that Paulo is going to be able to do right away. And uh, with his big body, you mentioned his strength. I mean, he looks like a train every time he puts his head down and goes straight to the rim. Not often are you going to be able to stop him. And so for that reason alone, I think he's a great pick. Yeah, with Paolo Boncaro, I'm just so impressed with his ability to get into the paint. I mean, you talk about the vision, the point guard skills with him. 
Uh, yeah, I, I really like Paolo. I, you can't go wrong with him as and, a selection. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to challenge my co-host here and say that, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Hornets look to trade up. And if they look to trade up, they could be in a position to draft Paolo. I'm seeing some stuff around Paolo uh, about him being undervalued a little bit because he's a quote-unquote hooper. You know, he's a guy that can go out and like get you a bucket. And, and so much of the attention right now is around versatility, uh, defensive versatility, you know, being able to guard multiple positions, being able to score at multiple levels. Uh, but do you think that Paolo is being undervalued slightly because he's a quote unquote Hooper? Yeah, I, I think so. I think the fact that uh, he's definitely been a well-known commodity, you compare him to the other prospects in Chet Holmgren and Jabari Smith and more so Chet Holmgren, who's been around the block more in the basketball scene than somebody like Jabari Smith, who kind of came out of nowhere uh, in recruiting circles and then had a stellar season at Auburn this past season. Jabari coming from, or excuse me, uh, Paulo coming from the Seattle area. We know Seattle Hoopers throughout the NBA. And if you were to ask any basketball fan out there, more times than not, they're going to want the likes of Zach Levine and Jamal Crawford and Isaiah Thomas and all those great names that you think of when it comes to Seattle area basketball. And Paulo Bancaro has literally grown up in those circles within his family, surrounded by those guys. He's absolutely ready to play at the next level. And it's basketball. Since when did that become a bad thing to be known <laughs> That's as a what I'm saying. Oh, I, yeah, the, the question, the is it score. bad that he's a hooper? I, I never thought it would be asked before. Yeah. But Do it, well, it is. I mean, they're, yeah. they're getting discriminated against for, being, for, way, for, for putting the ball in the hoop. By the <laughs> way, referencing Seattle hoopers, if you will, Marvin Williams, one of the better Seattle area yeah. players. Awesome stuff there. So maybe it could work if the Hornets do decide to trade up to try to go get a Palo. Uh, I yeah. want to talk about A.J. Griffin yeah. uh, because right now a lot of people have him top 10 in their big board, but I've also seen some mock drafts. I think one that the Locked On Podcast Network did that had A.J. Griffin. There are not a lot of them, but there are a few of them that have A.J. Griffin slipping all the way to a possibility for the Hornets at 13. Uh, do you see? Well, here, I have a couple of questions on that. Do you see that as a possibility? Um, and And sort of off of that, what do you think would make the other 12 teams reticent to draft A.J. Griffin to allow him to slip to 13? I mean, when you think about making a draft selection, I think injury history is something that a lot of people want to take in mind and consideration. And so for A.J. Griffin, unfortunately, in his junior and senior seasons of high school basketball, he couldn't stay on the floor. He had a couple of knee injuries and ankle injuries that were really bothering him and couldn't put together a full season. But that changed this year. At Duke, he really took care of his body. He was out there every single game for the Blue Devils and was so productive. And when we talk about his skill offensively, until the NCAA tournament, he was one of very few players in all of college basketball shooting greater than 50% from three-point range. And if you tell somebody, hey, this guy's going to make at least one out of two three-pointers every time he <laughs> takes them, I think you're going to want to draft that guy. And so, uh, But for A.J., what's holding him back, I think, is the concerns over an injury history in the past. But his ability to knock down shots from the outside in a game where with the ball in his hands, I do think there's room to improve for him to make more plays, uh, driving to the rim and that sort of thing. I think that's absolutely a case. Playing alongside Paulo and some of the other ball handlers that Duke had with Trevor Keels and Wendell Moore Jr., I think it kind of limited A.J. with what he was able to do uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where he goes in the NBA. And the idea of him falling to 13 for the Hornets, however, 
I don't see that happening. I think somebody is going to fall in love with A.J. Griffin. His dad is an assistant coach for the Toronto Raptors, so he's been around basketball circles in his life as well. I think he's going to be selected in the top ten. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either, but, you know, A.J. is. He's, Let he's me dream. Of, just no, allow. No, can I dream? No, you can't. Can I just, Sorry, I didn't mean to kill that. I just didn't think I'm allowed to say that. I don't think it's going to happen, though, right? But I don't want to kill your dreams, though, so maybe it could. It doesn't mean that it won't happen. Um, AJ Griffin, yeah, really interesting prospect coming into the draft class this year. All right, let's finish up with Trevor Keels and Wendell Moore. You know, I completely forgot yeah. about Charlotte area kid, right? He's going to um, – we'll see exactly what can take place with Wendell Moore in his NBA career. Where do you expect those guys to be selected once the NBA draft selection process happens for them? Sure. Uh, for the bias perspective, once again, and then I'll talk hoops for real. Uh, I think I would love to see them be first round picks when Duke had the uh, five guys declare for the NBA draft. Only once before have we seen five players from one school selected in the first round, and that was Kentucky in 2010, over a decade ago. And this is the first legit shot that basketball has seen since then when you talk about Paulo, A.J. Griffin, Mark Williams. Wendell Moore Jr. and Trevor Keels. For the latter two there in Keels and Moore, I think the 25 to 40 range is where you've seen a lot of them. This past week, we did learn a little bit more about Trevor Keels. And at the draft combine, a couple of scouts weren't as thrilled with his body makeup and that sort of thing. Kind of a bigger body. And in only one big game against Kentucky to start the year, was he truly effective out there on the floor. I think he could still benefit from another year at Duke, and there is still that option open for him until June 1st. So by the end of the weekend, I think we'll know if Trevor's going to stay committed to the draft process or go back to Duke for another year. But for Wendell Moore Jr., as you mentioned, a Charlotte kid, six foot five, his wingspan was really impressive at the draft combine as well. And his jump shot continued to improve in all three seasons at Duke. A lot of people want to put a black mark against him for being a three-year player in college basketball, to which then I rebuttal that he's still only 20 years old. And in the grand scheme of things, Wendell Moore Jr. is only four months older than Paulo Bancaro. I think you can get over four months. And the fact that you did play at a program like Duke for three years, I think you absolutely should make Wendell Moore Jr. a first-round pick. I'll say this. JJ's got a career as an agent. I think that's your next move. You got you to start hitting these phones for these players. Yeah, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful, I'm all was about a beautiful, hyping up my guys. Yeah. Yeah. That was hey, if you listen to this podcast and you just made those guys a lot of money, hopefully like a poem. The first like you're round, reading right? poetry. First overall beautiful. pick, AJ Griffin going to be a top 10 pick. Mark Williams floor is 13 floor is 13 um so yeah that's exactly what's going to take place with all these guys all right jj jackson go catch him on locked on blue devils go follow him on twitter too underscore jj underscore jackson underscore that's where he is on twitter so you can find all of the blue devils content and you can keep up to date with everything happening on uh, happening with that basketball program jj thank you so much man really appreciate the time and helping us uh, evaluate some of these Duke prospects I listen to the show every day, guys. Big Hornets fan myself, so it was an honor to come on Thank the you. program and chat basketball with you guys. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. That's awesome, man. I appreciate the support from JJ. Go support him yourself. Again, uh, hosting Locked On Blue Devils. All right, let's talk about uh, another sponsor as my computer starts to be a little trying to bring up this read that I'm going to go. Thank you for the coming up graphic there, Doug. <laughs> you know why free trials renew without your consent? Do it's that a business code. Scam. How to get you don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. You can download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or if you just simply forgot about them. 
On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Let's finish up our thoughts on Mark Williams. Are we getting a Mason Plumley today? Is that happening doug or are we gonna have to push him again uh we'll see okay all right we'll see we'll talk about exactly what we're gonna talk about coming up next lockdown hornets you are listening to the lockdown hornets podcast david the show's barely been on how are these injuries going to affect the hornets ability to beat the miami heat I'm going to go get some more buttermilk while you talk about it. (laughs) Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. Thanks again to JJ. Awesome stuff with Mark Williams, AJ Griffin, Palabon Caro, and then even the guards there, Trevor Keels and Wendell Moore. You know, look, I know we've talked a lot about Mark. Maybe we should have him, you know, go on a hiatus with this podcast for a while. We've just been talking about him so much, but... He just, it it seems to be the best natural fit with a center that is supposed to go around that time and somebody that I I do like, Doug. That's the question, right? It's okay, Jalen Doran, Mark Williams, Walker Kessler. Those Mm -hmm. are the three centers that are going to be justifiable and maybe even worth it, you know, in Jalen Duran's case, right? Like that, that that's not anybody that's going to be there, in my opinion. I saw one mock draft where I think he fell to 12. You know, that would be interesting if you wanted to try to move up and go get him in that regard. But if he's gone, I think Mark Williams is totally worth it at 13 or 15. I don't think Walker Kessler is. I think we're talking about, I would rather have a, a Johnny Davis, a, you know, Malachi Branham, Atari Eason, like any of those types of players, you know, it's somebody that's more skilled, you know, give me the upside guy over Walker Kessler, who I think is going to be just hardcore rim protector shots never going to come i i don't buy into his athleticism scoring ability not as much touch even if he clearly had great you know block percentage in college like it was it was impressive i just think mark williams does have some of that touch that you can tap into the free throw percentage flirting with 75 percent was impressive we did see the ncaa tournament where he was dominant and yes he had an excellent group of ball movers on that offense like Palo is a special passer and creator. You know, Jeremy Roach, I think, really came on strong in their March Madness run. But also, Mark Williams, like, he dominated these teams. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think he can do just enough in space, and then he's going to be a smarter player as he continues to improve. Like, Doug, we've seen a sharp incline on where he started in with Duke to where he finished. Like, even this season, you know, he improved so much. I, yeah. I'm a fan. Um you know, just trying to be realistic. I'm a fan. I would totally be happy with that selection at 13 and 15. We can get to some of the other prospects, but what are you kind of thinking after we had that talk with JJ? So I think he passes like the wants it test. You know, that's, that's what I'm always looking for out of these interviews with people that have been covering him. I want to know, like, is this, is this guy going to come in and really want to be great and do all of the things necessary to be great? Or are they just going to be happy to be on the dance floor? Are they going to be happy to be drafted into the NBA and and then those types those types of players either flame out or end up being journeymen. So I think he passes the the wants it test. Um, 
my my question to you would be on the Walker Kessler issue. Are you not even happy with him at 15? Let's say, for example, that Mark Williams shoots up the draft board. Somebody snags him 10, 11, 12. Now he's not available. Do you go, you know, one of the remaining uh, wing defenders at 13 or maybe just BPA, even if it's an offensively geared player at 13? Are you still passing on him for Tari Eason at 15? Yeah, I am. And and it's because, look, I, I get we need a center. I get that. Do you want to get a center that you think is just not going to pan out? And the answer is pretty clearly no. I don't want to get any player. I don't care if we do need that. I, look, he he does have the shot blocking ability, and, and then after that, I think great. I just, you said he had a great. His numbers were great. I think it, that's an even an understatement. I mean, I think oh, they no, were, they're they're historic, right? They're historic, I mean, yeah. His, but but also, Mark Williams was not far off of that. That's the crazy part about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it just so happened to be this year you had two monstrous shot blockers in Walker Kessler and Mark Williams, and give me the guy that's a little more athletic. Now well, I you're do high think, on Coloco too, so you'd probably rather I, trade I that fi- trade back from fifteen to grab Coloco. I do like Coloco. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I like Coloco more than Walker Kessler too. Like I. I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't buy into the ability to to stay on the floor. And I mean, I, I just think he's very easily beatable. Now, again, the Mark Williams stuff where his deficiencies come into play, the pick and roll, it's a real problem. I just think that guys learn so much through the first couple of years as a big man, learning how to defend the pick and roll. I know the athleticism might keep him more hardcore drop at the same time. there there are There are times where I think he is able to, rely on his length even if he can't stay in front of you know mismatches on the perimeter where they'll try to drive by him and then sometimes be successful you know even a lot of times um i i think i think what people aren't talking about enough is the touch with mark doug i i think it's absolutely there he's able to finish through contact he had a lot of dunks in fact more than anybody i think he could have had i don't know 15 more watching his tape. And yet I don't think that's a bad thing either because it showed that he's able to hit these layups. He's able to, you know, take some contact on the left shoulder or on the chest and still finish with some type of finesse. The, the free throw shooting I buy into um, with, with buying into even just the form, I, I think he's going to be able to hit that 15 foot jumper, you know, just that pick and pop game. I, I, I totally think that is an ability for him. And I do think there's at least like, some passing ability. I, I do think that he has that enough in his game where it's not going to be a negative on the floor. Jalen Duran, whenever we get to him, I think he's a, a really good passer as a big guy, which is why I, I have him a tier above Mark Williams. But yeah, th- those are those are some of the reasons why I like the big guy, Doug, and why I like him, you know, kind of second you really, behind Durin. You really yeah. love talking about these prospects. You are just, you're thirsty right now. You're just like <laughs> yeah. vomiting I've this I've been watching some film recently. Oof. I have. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I have no, been. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we're not going to, unfortunately, again, we're not going to get to Mason Plumley. I swear we're going to do it. We're going <laughs> to break down. You know, he's getting bumped again. But yeah. I would say that, like, one of the underrated parts of Mason Plumley's game this season was mm-hmm. that his passing ability. I mean, he was he was really good at passing the basketball, and it opened up something that the Charlotte Hornets offense hasn't really had in a long time, which is a legit passing big. I mean, all of those years with with Cody Zeller at, at the helm or Bismack Biombo, who could – I mean, he struggled to catch the ball, much, le- much less dish it out to the corner – um, you know, that allowed the Hornets to reduce turnovers and increase the amount of assists that they had and and were, uh, you know, tops uh, near the top of the league at that. So, you know, adding adding a big 
uh, whether it's in free agency trade or draft that can pass the ball, I think is is really critical. So yeah, I mean that that makes me love Duran more. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, too, go ahead. Yeah, God, you're starving. Get the you're in the desert. You, I, you know, you see you see just a little bit of silence as an oasis to drink more water. Go ahead. I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm thirsty, Doug. I think both of those players fit a lot better with LaMelo Ball, too. And in the end, is yeah. that what we want? I, I think, you know, Mark Williams being a lob threat, running the floor, dunking everything. Oh, God, yes, I am thirsty for his relationship with LaMelo and Jalen Duran, too. Like that, that's somebody that's even more athletic. Jalen has a really good wingspan too. I think it's seven, five, that might be a little too long, but I, you know, it's, he's still athletic and long. Like I, both of those guys fit better with your star than what Walker Kessler does too. And I think there's something to be said for that when you're considering what big you want to draft on draft night. Okay. We're getting very excited because we're getting closer to the draft, but I'm mm -hmm. reading some of these comments off of our Deandre Ayton conversation and yep. some of the comments seem to infer that you know don't get rid of miles bridges because you can just simply draft a great center in this draft and be okay and i i just don't look maybe mark williams pans out maybe they they trade up for duran maybe walker kessler pans out maybe coloco pans out but the key word there the word that's doing the most work is maybe and i'll add a few more words not for a few seasons. I just don't see Mark Williams, Walker Kessler. I mean, maybe Duran, but I just don't see a lot of these players coming in and immediately having that kind of big minute impact. You know, if they really want to address the center position, first of all, they're going to have to address it via multiple players uh, because the big rotation is just so thin. But secondly, they're going to have to do it with players that have proven it in the league. And Aiden, for all of the question marks that we presented in the last episode, has proven that he can do it in this league. The question is, to what level? Oh, man. I DeAndre is all kinds of special, and I'm not waiting on Mark Williams or or even Jalen Duran to be special, right? I mean, and I, and I think Jalen has... Uh, a higher possibility of that happening with him. You know, he he's the guy, he moves really well as a close to seven footer and, and he can jump out of the gym and his block percentage was good. You know, Mark and Walker have crazy numbers there, but Jalen was also blocking a ton of shots. His offensive rebounding percentage was very good along with a Mark Williams. And so that would help offensively either way. Deandre, I think, I even think defensively he's nimble enough to not be played off of the floor in the postseason. Like, Doug, nobody is talking about taking DeAndre Ayton off in the postseason like they are Rudy Gobert because he can move. He can absolutely move in space, and he's seven foot tall, so he can't protect the rib, and he can shoot. You know, he took, I think, 53 pointers this past year and hit 36% of them. You know, I think I'm DeAndre Ayton did. Keep, I'm telling you, but we keep getting ahead of ourselves, Walker. People, even with these prospects, I see people talking about these prospects like, well, yeah, but once you get in the playoffs, they'll get ski. It's like, hold on a minute. Can we, like, can we win 50 games first? That's yes, awesome. yes. And then I want to win in the postseason. Yes, but then I want to win in the postseason too. But, and, like, but DeAndre can do that. DeAndre Aiden can do that. You know, yeah. it's not like when Brandon was talking about the regular season stuff, DeAndre averaged 17 points per game on 60% shooting. Like, I'll, I'll take that. Well, people, for again, it's the, it's the, well, see, that's the whole thing, though, Walker. It's, it's the team that drafts a guy number one overall, and that carries with it a, 
expectations that wouldn't necessarily, once that player is traded, some of those expectations start to go away a little bit because the Hornets didn't draft him first overall. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and even if they traded Miles Bridges, that's a, that's a player that they drafted, uh, I believe technically 11th, but you know, 12th overall. So, you know, uh, yeah, th- those expectations go away. That that those are you know I think what what Clean was speaking to Brendan Clean from the Locked On Suns podcast was speaking to was that he's not doing it in the regular season like at a dominant level that you would expect yeah. from number one overall pick. And, and look, I, Jay Billis, I remember his draft night evaluation saying DeAndre Aiden has Hall of Fame talent. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you don't hear that. Yeah, you you can say. You know, you hear that about LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson. But I remember Jay Billis, especially, you know, who is the prominent featured guy come, you know, the ESPN broadcast. They're saying, you know, he's saying, yeah, DeAndre could be a Hall of Famer. And I there's the thing about him. He's 23. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's still room there where maybe he can be. I, I Probably just, not Hall, although it is easy to get into the NBA Hall of Fame. I would say that. Or maybe yeah, easier than other pro sports, but not easy, not easy relative to actually doing it. I get that, but easier relative to the other sports. But at the same time, he would have to make a significant leap that maybe a change of scenery allows him to do anyway. We've we've talked about DeAndre and we've laid it out. I just want to, I just want to like, I just want to sort of set some reality checks. You're you're talking about the reality as far as, Hey, let's just keep miles bridges and then take Mark Williams and we're good. And and Mark Williams will be the starter. Like that's if that, again, I've said it before, if, if Mark Williams or Walker Kessler or even Duran, if those players are the starter game one, either something has gone terribly wrong in the off season where they couldn't fill that role or this player is the second coming. And if I'm a betting person, I'm going to bet on the former that something has gone wrong and not that they're the second coming of, you know, Shaq or Tim Duncan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's totally fair. And, and DeAndre, because if they a... were, if they were that we have, we have scouts, we have tape. If they're that, we're not talking about a Giannis situation. You know, Giannis went 15 because we didn't know what the hell that was over in Greece, <laughs> fuzzy tape. We're not yeah. in that era. And even the guys in Greece, we just, we, we go and find tape on these players. Now, if Mark Williams was going to be the second coming of Shaq or Tim Duncan, we, we know it pretty definitively, I think. Well, yeah. And the other idea is you can get away with drafting big guys later on and them being salvaged and them being good, you know, I mean, maybe not Hall of Famers, maybe not all stars, but solid starters. A Clint Capella, somebody that comes to mind who goes later in the draft and then becomes a guy that makes a decent amount of money and is a coveted center that can help you protect the rim and be a lob threat from the dunker spot. So can you get that? Maybe, but I don't know if they're going to be ready to play this year immediately and the Hornets try to make the playoffs, which is pretty clearly a goal of theirs. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of questions to answer, answer. You know who would help you do that? It'd be DeAndre Ayton. And so that's why it's at least worthwhile to talk about trading some Rudy serious Gobert stuff. Would too. You know, Rudy Gobert wins yeah. you 50 games. He would. You know, Rudy Gobert, I'm not going to deny that. Rudy Gobert certainly would help you as soon as this season. All right, thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen. Thanks to uh, JJ Jackson for hopping on with us as well. Now make your second listen, Lockdown NBA, from the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals. Lockdown experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Have a great rest of your day. Fun Friday coming tomorrow at you. We'll see you then.